0: Thank you. Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, you're tuning in for our series Renovate. We all love to see a fixer-upper transformed into a dream home, right? So what needs renovation in your life, your family, career, a relationship? In this series, we'll explore the book of Nehemiah to discover God's blueprint for renovating your heart and house. It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave encouraged thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message what's up everybody hey let's welcome all our live locations and church online good to see you guys I'm pastor Tim and hey today i want to start with some pretty big news about the future of our church that you're not going to believe i'll be honest at the start of the series i told you how God has been working behind the scenes uh, to revitalize our church as we reopen our campuses post pandemic you know, and first we had a ministry merger with a dying church in Wayne, New Jersey, who donated their building to Liquid. So we have a brand new church home that we're remodeling in uh, Essex County, uh, or it's in Passaic County, it's for our Essex County congregation. And, and uh, here's the deal, you're not going to believe this. God didn't stop with just one. During COVID, God performed a second merger miracle, and this is going to blow your socks off. A few weeks ago in Princeton, New Jersey, a historic church named Princeton Meadow Church, their congregation, that's their church, unanimously voted to merge ministries and become our newest campus in Mercer County. Is that incredible, guys? That's a photo of our new home in Princeton. It is a spectacular church uh, on stunning property. In fact, I'll show you a little video. Uh, our team went down there to, uh, to, to say, you know, scout out the land there. It is incredible. It's 10 minutes from Princeton University, and it is gorgeous. I can't wait for you to see it in person. Um, Soaring ceilings, stained glass, uh, state-of-the-art auditorium. It's really a modern cathedral in many ways. Um, It has uh, a number of, uh, this is in fact the old sanctuary. They built a brand new one that you're going to enjoy. They have preschool classrooms, plenty of meeting space, catering halls, outdoor atriums. It is spectacular and I hope you're going to get a chance to go see it Uh, because we see such potential really to reach Mercer County for Christ. But I want you to know, we feel like beyond blessed. I mean, talk about humbling that the people of Princeton picked us to partner with them. So can we make some noise and welcome Princeton to the Liquid family? Isn't God good? It's amazing. We praise God for you guys. Now, you're probably wondering, like, what the heck? How does this stuff happen? Well, Princeton Meadow was founded by Dr. Ken and Carol Smith. There they are, over 40 years ago. Colleen and I were visiting with them uh, last month. They started a Bible study on their living room couch, just 12 people. And as the group grew to over 100 people, they brought this beautiful property in Princeton. They developed it, and first this little small sanctuary, and then this, this modern cathedral standing today. And they've been faithfully serving families in Princeton, West Windsor, Lawrenceville, Plainsboro, all over Mercer County, 44 years And Dr. Smith is retiring, but he didn't have a successor to hand off the church. So our two teams began dreaming during COVID, just praying and talking, like how could we partner together to reach Mercer County for Christ? And what we discovered is that our churches have a lot in common. We're both Bible-based, we're Christ-centered, all about Jesus. And Princeton Meadow has a passion for serving their community through outreach. So their congregation said, now catch this, this spirit. It says, Pastor Ken retires, we want to reach even more families and Princeton students and millennials and Gen Z for the next 40 years. You talk about a kingdom heart for Jesus. So Pastor Ken, his wife, Kara, and their leadership team congregation voted and they unanimously approved passing the baton to Liquid to merge their ministry with ours transfer their building to us, and become our newest campus in Princeton, New Jersey. Can we thank Pastor Ken and Carol? We honor your legacy of well-loving and well-leading this congregation for 40 years. I want to let you know, Princeton, we're not going to let you down. We just want to thank you. We love you already. We are so excited to welcome you to our Liquid family, to serve alongside you. And I want you to know we're going to do our very best to build a thriving and flourishing church for your children's children and generations to come. Absolutely amazing. Honestly, I, I get choked up. I can't still like this. believe this is happening. So can we just take a moment to pray and thank God together? Can we just pray? Lord Jesus, this is so humbling. Who, who are we that you, Lord over your church, creator of the cosmos, would, would choose us to serve your bride in Princeton? Jesus, we declare this is 100% you're doing. We have almost nothing to do with this. And all the glory, all the honor, the praise needs to go directly to you. But I just thank you, Father, for the incredibly generous hearts of Pastor Ken and Carol and, and, and the good people of Princeton Meadow, for their courage to embrace this new beginning. Uh, Lord, I pray that we would reach young families and students and generations yet unborn with good news. Jesus, I'm reminded you said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus, we're, you're doing it. We're watching you do it. It's coming true before our eyes. And so we thank you, Father, for this incredible gift. I pray for a spirit of unity over our two congregations. We come together to saturate our state with the gospel of your son, Jesus. We pray for revival in our generation, that the name of Jesus would be on the lips of of people from Mercer to Middlesex to Monmouth to Morristown, that we'd see a whole harvest of new lives in this next season of growth. We love you and thank you, Jesus, for your gracious hand that is surely upon us. It's in your name we pray. Everyone said together. Can we thank our new family? We love you guys. Listen, today is their final worship service for their congregation. And so next week, what we're going to do is we're going to actually close the building for July and August. And we're going to be doing a little renovation. We're going to be installing technology. We're actually making some really minor upgrades because it's an incredible building. Really prepare for the grand opening in September. But some of you are probably wondering already, like, dude, how can I help? This is exciting. How can I get involved? And we do need your help. We are holding Family Work Day in Princeton Meadow on Saturday, July 24th, just like we did last weekend in Wayne. Okay, this is a, a family-friendly workday, all ages and stages, so bring your kids, your gloves. You actually don't need power tools. We're going to be mainly working outside, weeding, mulching, planting flowers and stuff. It'll be 9 a.m. to 12 noon, and you can come for an hour or two, whatever. But I want you to know it's an all-church event. So it doesn't matter if you're in, in Mountainside or Middlesex. We're one church, and we're going to have lunch for everybody. So it's really a chance to fellowship with friends and take a tour of the new building. Just RSVP online so we, we know who's coming, we'll have enough food to fuel the troops. And then secondly, if you're like, hey man, I'm interested in helping with this thing, I want to invite you to be part of the Princeton launch team. Let us know maybe you live down by Mercer County and you're like I'd love to help launch that campus or you have friends or relatives who live in the area. Sign up to stay in the loop, okay? It's at liquidchurch.com/princeton. This is live today. This summer we're going to have special events, live worship outreaches and more. But if you just give us your email, we'll send you all the details. Guys, there's nothing like being part of a new campus. Um, you got a front row seat to see Jesus renovating his church. Amen. Guys, the best is yet to come, yes? Well, for the last few weeks, we've been drawing inspiration for this season of rebuilding from a guy named Nehemiah, uh, who God chose to undertake a massive building project. It was to lead God's people to rebuild the city walls of Jerusalem. And uh, I don't know about you, but last Sunday was, was pretty powerful, wasn't it? Like, it, we talked about spiritual warfare, and, and I shared from my own life how the enemies tried to intimidate me and my calling. And, and what we learned is, man, anytime a Christian steps out to accomplish something great for God, she should expect opposition. Because you and I have an enemy who's opposed to any progress in the Christian life. But as a believer, a follower of Christ, who's filled with the Holy Spirit, we're actually called by God to fight back. Not in our own strength, but the power of his Holy Spirit. And that's what Nehemiah told God's people to do, to fight. Remember this? He said, fight, fight for your families, fight for your sons, your daughters, your wives, your homes. And asked this question, I said, who are you? fighting for? Who's close to your heart that needs to experience the grace and love and mercy of Jesus Christ? You know, I actually heard from, from several of you. I heard from a grandma who said, I'm fighting for my granddaughter. Her own children are actually caught up in addiction. She said, I'm stepping in to care for my granddaughter full-time. I'm fighting for my children's children. Another person said they're fighting to rebuild their business post-COVID. They said, Tim, I, we had to close our restaurant and we thought we were going to completely go under. We're barely solvent. And so we're taking a step of faith. We're opening it up. We're, we're fighting to rebuild. We're rehiring staff. Several people mentioned fighting for the next generation of teens and, and students who are facing such incredibly complex cultural issues that God will ask raise up young men and women to be leaders in their generation, leaders in the faith. Remember, guys, we're building this church for them. Amen? It's not for us. It's for people close to our heart who need to experience the love and freedom of Christ. I need you to know if you're new, this church is full of people uh, who are, have broken parts of their lives, and we're rebuilding together. Some of you have heard God's call to rebuild your marriage, or or rebuild your health, or rebuild your life after addiction, or maybe you're just coming back. And you're like, I, I met a guy last week. He said, it's my first time in 15 years to a church. He said I want to re- rebuild my relationship with God. Well, today I want to encourage you with a message from Nehemiah chapter six, which I have titled "Fight." to the finish. We're going to see the wall get built today. Maybe you're facing something difficult. Maybe you see the finish line in the distance. Maybe you're getting tired. And at some point, you may be tempted to lose hope. But God says, if you will take my hand and invite me into the fight, we can complete this work together. Let's fight to the finish. Can you say that with me? Fight to the? Open your Bible. Nehemiah 6, God's word. It's dynamite. Get ready. Quick review, if you're just joining us, this is about 445 B.C. And Nehemiah is a cupbearer to king of Persia. And when he hears the news that Jerusalem's walls are broken down, the gates are burned, it's a disaster. People are living in in disgrace, unprotected, vulnerable to attack by their enemies. And if you remember in chapter 1, Nehemiah hears those words and he breaks his heart. He weeps, he cries, he fasts, he prays. And it travels a 1,000 miles to Jerusalem and meets the remnant, the, the, the few Israelites who are still living in Jerusalem. He says, guys, we can do this. Let's rebuild the walls. If we, if we work together, we can defend our families, restore the city, and bring God glory. And so they start this, this massive reno project. And, 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 and is this thing on? I don't want to shoot anybody in the face with a nail gun. That would be something. And, and all the families of Jerusalem get involved. Last week, we, we saw them set the bolts and the bars and the door in place. And they made great progress, but they also experienced fierce opposition. Because we learned when you step out to do something great for God, you got to expect opposition. When the work goes down, spiritual opposition shows up. There will be haters in your life. There will be critics, spiritual enemies who want to stop the progress you're making. In Nehemiah's case, it was three guys named Sanballat. Tobiah and Geshem. Remember them? They attacked Nehemiah. They don't want to finish the job. And the truth is, when you step out to do something spiritually significant, state, Satan will try to stop you. And the closer you get to the finish line, the harder your enemy will fight. And that's why you got to fight to the finish. Here's what it says in Nehemiah 6. When word came to, here they are again, the three stooges from hell, Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall, and look at this, not a gap was left in it. They did some fine tuck pointing, okay? Though up to that time, I had not set the doors in the gates. In other words, Nehemiah was like, we were almost finished, but not quite done. Sanbalat and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of, can you say this with me, the plain of? No, no, no. The plane of, oh, no. Everyone say, oh, no. (laughs) First spiritual principle, never go along with a guy who says, come with me to a place called, oh, no. (laughs) I I want you to picture this. Uh, Nehemiah, he's up on the wall. His enemies, they're they're down there. They want to keep him from finishing with the work. And what we see here in Nehemiah 6 is this. If your enemy can't destroy you, he will try to distract you from your God-given calling. Nehemiah's enemies see him up on this wall fulfilling his mission and they say we can't destroy Nehemiah let's distract him. Nehemiah come on down meet us on the plain of Oh No. <laughs> now the plain of Ono is actually a real location about 20 miles north of Jerusalem. It's actually a beautiful lush valley. So these guys are actually saying Nehemiah take a break come down from your ladder. I, I know we've had our our beef but come on down and go away from the work with us to Ono. You ever have a situation where like you're this close to finishing something important and at the last minute, like, oh, no, something happens. It just kind of knocks you off your game, right? May- maybe you finally decide to lose your COVID-19, right? You're like, I'm going to start eating clean. You did a cleanse. You made progress. You got four pounds left to go. And then you walk into ShopRite and it's like Ben and Jerry's buy one, get 10 free. And you're like, oh, no, <laughs> that's my kryptonite, man. All right. Or maybe you decide as a family return to church, right? You're like, okay, guys, we're going to get back in our spiritual routines. But then then, then you get your kid's soccer schedule. And every practice this summer is on Sunday morning at exactly 10 a.m. Oh, no. Or if you're looking for a new job and you, you finally find one that looks like a fit and they say, oh, no, I'm sorry, you're too young. Oh, no, you lack experience. Oh, no, you're too old. You lack training. You don't know technology. Oh no! How many of you have heard an "oh no" voice in your life that discouraged you? What do you do when you're tempted to come down from the ladder to the land of "oh no"? Look how Nehemiah responds in verse three. It says this: "But they were scheming to harm me, so I sent messengers to them with this reply." This is my favorite verse. Just let's read this together out loud. Ready? Here we go. I am carrying on a what? Great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Do you know what one of the most powerful words in the spiritual realm when you're tempted to quit your work for God? It's a tiny word. It's two letters. Here it is. Ready? No. No. No, 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 no. Turn to your neighbor and say no, 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 no. No is one of the most godly words you can use in an age of distraction. When God calls you to serve him. When you're focused on your mission, when the enemy says, come down to, oh no, you have to reply with all the energy, passion, and and heart you can muster. Oh no, I ain't coming down. You shake your head. You say, there's no quitting me. I'm not coming down. See, if the enemy starts tempting you, you actually have to talk back. You have permission to talk back to the enemy, but you got to do it with attitude, with conviction. No, I ain't coming down. That's what Nehemiah says. He says, I am carrying on a great project for God and I cannot go down. I am laser focused, I'm dialed in and I refuse to be distracted by you. Now, this is a spiritual discipline. Leaders, listen up. If you want to accomplish something great for God, you've got to learn to say no a lot, like Nehemiah. Personally, at this season in my life and family, I say no probably 10 times more than I say yes in life. Why? Why? <laughs> Not because I'm, I'm not open to new ideas, but because God's given us a big vision as a church. I'm like, I am giving my life to this great work. And so I am laser focused on really three great purposes in my life. What are my purposes? There's three great projects God's called me to pour my time into all my life. First is passionate marriage. That's my number one calling. Did you know it's not you? <laughs> it's my wife, Colleen, sorry. We wanna grow old together. We wanna to be married 50 years like my parents were. And building a great marriage doesn't happen with magic and unicorn dust, okay? It takes a lot of sweat and tears and hard work. And so what that means is I say no to most invites from my buddies. No, I can't play softball. No, I can't come camping. Not because it's bad, but because I can't be away from my wife that long and maintain connection. So I say, no, sorry, I can't come. I'm sleeping with her, not you. My marriage is a great project, okay? So is my parenting. That's my second great purpose in life. These are my priorities. To be a present father for my kids. I've got two teens and I'm the only person in the world who can play the role of their dad. So I say no to most traveling for work. I say no so I can go to games and school events. I say no to meetings at night so I can be home for dinner, proofread papers. I wanna be engaged with my kids. And for the last 18 years, I've said no to a lot of stuff and I have no regrets. The third great purpose of my life is being a faithful pastor to this church. After Colleen and my kids comes this family. I'm I'm married to this ministry. I love you guys like family. I hope to be here for, for 50 years, but I, I love preaching to you every week. I love praying for you, caring. I love being your pastor. I would I, again, I'd start doing this for free. There was no, no one ever got paid for this. I would do it for free right now. Seeing people get saved, it is the greatest work of my life building this church with people I love. So this past year, I had to say no to a lot of outside stuff so I could pour into our leaders, our staff, our volunteers. In fact, for the last 16 weeks, I've been teaching them a class called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality so I could just pour and invest in their health And in the fall because our church is like at this critical moment. And I got to say laser-focused and help us be healthy and strong. So I had to tell people like Nehemiah, I'm so sorry. No, I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Now watch this. These guys won't take no for an answer. Verse four. Four times. How many times? Four times they sent me the same message. And each time I gave them what? The same answer. No, 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 no. Did I stutter? No. <laughs> Some of you need to practice this. Let's just actually say no four times. Turn the person next to you over here and go, no, no. Now turn this one and go, no, no. Now put together, no, 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 no. (laughs) It's a complete sentence. (laughs) Don't say maybe when you really mean no. Because if you say yes to everything, you will accomplish nothing. No is very hard to say. It takes courage. It's hard to receive. But I'm just telling you, setting limits around your life will actually set you free to pursue God's purpose. And here's the secret. Just because you could do something doesn't mean you should do something. I'm going to say that again because that's for somebody. Just because you could doesn't mean you should. Your spiritual enemy specializes in distraction. His goal is to pull you off this wall from your God-given calling. I mean, let's put it this way. In today's world, it'd be like Sambalat and Tobiah. They'd be like texting Nehemiah. He's like, he's like, okay, I'm, I'm working on the wall. Guy's like, bzzz. Lo- oh, for heaven's sake. Bzz, bzz. They'd be like tagging him with tweets. They'd be leaving messages on his voicemail. But Nehemiah is like, you know what? I'm going I'm I'm to put this in my mailbox. Hello, you have reached the home of Nehemiah. I'm not here. I'm carrying on a great project right now and can't come down. If this is Sanballat, to buy or Geshem, you boys can suck it. Anyone else, please leave a message. Beep. <laughs> See, I'm saying when you know what your God-given purpose is, it helps prioritize everything else. You can say no to distractions that keep you from your calling. Can I speak right now to moms who have kids at home or dads, parents, anyone, anyone raising a couple kids and this year, holy moly, right? Trying to, trying to work a, a job, raising babies. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, Tim, I'd love to have a great calling, but I'm just, I'm up here on the wall surrounded by diapers and spit up. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You were doing a great work. You were doing a godly work. Raising a child is a high calling, It is hard work. You may have to say no to a lot of things in this season. You may have to say no to work right now. You may have to say no to travel and trips. You may have to say no to showering. I get it. But don't you let the devil knock you off that wall. You are doing a great work for God. Listen to me, parents. Your greatest achievement may not be something you do, but someone you raise. Amen? You're doing a great work, and you can't come down. No. Maybe you're volunteering uh, a liquid family, and we need volunteers, guys, if we're going to rebuild this church. Kyra told me we need 150 volunteers in Parsippany, 80 at every other campus. And you're like, I'll, I'll mentor a middle schooler. And your friends are like, "What? Why, why are you serving on the weekend with middle schools? Come to the beach with us, man. Ditch them. But you say, no. God's called me to mentor the next generation, and I ain't coming down. What I'm saying to you is if you want a life of purpose, if you want to serve God and build something great, a godly family, a godly ministry, a godly marriage. You have to be laser focused and learn how to say, "Uh uh-uh, no way, I ain't coming down. Nehemiah refuses to lose focus. Enemy strategy number one. If he can't destroy you, Satan will try to distract you. And if that won't work, he will try to discredit you by spreading rumors and gossip. Look at verse five. The fifth time, these guys just won't give up. Sanballat's servant came with an open letter in his hand. What that meant is it could be read publicly. He wants other people to hear this. And this is what it says. Ready? Here we go. There is a rumor. Can you say that? There's a rumor around the surrounding nations. And Geshem told me it's true. That you and the Jews are planning to rebel. And that's why you're rebuilding this wall. According to the rumors, you plan to be their king. Now watch this. Nehemiah is one of the most selfless servant leaders in the entire Bible. And he is slandered by his critics. There's a rumor. You want to be king. They try to question his motives. Understand something. The more you do for God, the more people will gossip about you. They will question your motives. Why why does she do that? Why does he invest his life that way? They will spread crazy rumors. And in a social media world, phew, It seems to me nowadays like the more ridiculous the rumor, the more viral it will go, right? Online rumors go. It's crazy to me what people believe. Uh, Did you see this? Did you see the rumor about Wayfair? You guys know Wayfair, the online furniture company? There was a rumor that they were trafficking children trapped in their furniture. Take a look at this. They said, is it possible Wayfair involved in human trafficking with their uh, their cabinet collection, or are these just extremely overpriced cabinets? Notice the names of the cabinets. They said the cabinets are called Naraya and Yuritsa, and they're $14,000. I think they're young girls from overseas stuffed in the cabinets, and they're trafficking them, okay? Kind of crazy, right? And so what's crazy about this is that you're like, that's a crazy rumor, is that somebody tweeted, a Twitter user said, Oh, the entire company is a front for it. Look at it. The name is Wayfair. What's a waif? A homeless child, a thin girl. What's a fare? The price charged to transport a person or use them for enjoyment. Wayfair is all about, it's a front for human trafficking. <laughs> Some of you are like, I'm returning my coffee table. <laughs> this rumor went viral and spread like wildfire across the internet and Wayfair had to, had to close the page Actually, remain, rename the whole product line, so they wouldn't be smeared by rumors about child abuse. Crazy, right? This is our world. Sam Ballot says there's a rumor among the surrounding nations, and Geshem told me it's true. Man, if Geshem says it's true, then I think we all know what's You know? Do you know what they say about rumors? Don't write this down. This is just bonus for you. Rumors are started by haters, spread by fools. And accepted by idiots. Nehemiah's enemies start spreading rumors that he wants to be king. He's doing this for the power and the money. But watch how Nehemiah responds in verse eight. This is actually hilarious. I imagine Nehemiah just like, he's like up here and he's just like, oh, for heaven's sake, I'll just text these guys back. Look, look at his reply. It says this um, Nothing like what you're saying is happening. You're just making crap up out of your head. <laughs> Translation fake news say that with me, fake news. <laughs> He's like, you guys are just making stuff up. He didn't get sucked down into their drama. And he like, you can make stuff up, but I ain't coming down. Here's the principle leaders. You will never do big things if you are distracted by small-minded people. People who compl- people will complain, they will criticize, they will snap, they will snark. You need to ignore them. Not not in a not in an arrogant way. We always have something to learn from critics, but you don't come down from your wall, because you will never do big things if you are distracted by small-minded people. Nehemiah will not be distracted, he will not be discredited. So he prays in verse 9. He says, They were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it won't be completed. But I prayed, here he goes again. Nehemiah, he's always praying, throwing up flare prayers. He says, Here it is, short prayer. Now what? Say it together. Strengthen my hands. This is a simple prayer, it's a forward prayer, it is a power-packed prayer. Say it with me. Now what? Strengthen my hands. Because no matter how strong the enemy comes at you, your Father in heaven has stronger hands. Amen? God loves to pour out his strength for his children, who are humble and pure in heart, just like his son Jesus. God, strengthen my hands. Those four words are for somebody today who needs God's strength in their life. I don't know what you're facing. Maybe you are in a legal battle or a lawsuit or some conflict with somebody that you work or volunteer with and the other side is spreading rumors or lies that are untrue. And you got to fight back, not fight back against them. You got to fight back with the spirit of truth. Lord, strengthen my hands. Don't let the lies from your enemy's lips distract you from your God-given purpose because your strength is in the Lord, amen? never let somebody's opinion of you disrupt God's calling on you. Nehemiah is like, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm not trying to do what's impressive. I'm called to do what's important. I'm not trying to be popular. I'm living out my purpose. How did Nehemiah complete this thing in 52 days? He said, I ain't going to let the devil knock me off my wall. I'm going to stick to my post. In fact, in verse 10, there's a final twist here before the wall gets completed. This, this actually, there's this little tidbit. It reminds me of a mob movie because suddenly out of nowhere, they're like, we can't get them off the wall. And now there's this, this little murder plot in verse 10. It says this, look at this. One day I went to the house of Shemaiah. This is Mariah Carey's brother, Shemaiah Carey, who said, let, let us meet in the house of God inside the temple, and let us close the temple doors, Nehemiah, because why? Men are coming to kill you. By night, they're coming to kill you. So he's up here, and they send this other guy, Shammai, and he's like, Nehemiah, you better come down. A hitman's coming to whack you. You, you better get off that wall and go hide in the church, all alone, behind closed doors, and do it in the dead of night. Does anything seem fishy about that to you? It reminds me of, uh, of that scene in Goodfellas. You guys, any Goodfellas people here? It's New Jersey. Everyone's like, "Woo!" It's like the cannon, you know. (laughs) Like when Joe Pesci, he walks into this empty room all alone. He thinks he's going to be amazing. And he's like, "Oh, boom!" And he gets whacked, right? Shot in the head. If you're rebuilding a part of your life, you have to learn how to discern different voices. Is this the voice of God meant to help me, or is this the voice of the enemy meant to harm me? So, if you're, for instance, if you're celebrating, we have a lot of people in recovery in our church. If you're celebrating. Uh, three months of sobriety, you're rebuilding your life and your drinking buddies are like, bro, we miss you. No mass, The bar's open. Let's celebrate. You're not a drunk anymore. What's the big whoop about one little beer? I promise you that voice is not from God. That is the voice of the enemy trying to knock you off the wall so you compromise your integrity. Or if you're rebuilding a relationship, have any of you noticed this? Colleen and I will do marriage counseling uh, in different seasons of our life. Have you ever noticed marriage counseling is not fun? Some, it, it, sometimes it feels like surgery of the soul. because For me, it does, because what I've found is we start talking about our issues, but we always end up talking about my issues, <laughs> right? It's painful, and progress can be slow. You may be in the middle of a rebuilding a relationship, and then all of a sudden, don't you know it? Look at this, your phone. Oh, an old flame slides into your DM. Hey, long time, no talk. What's up? Yeah, no, I haven't. You know, I've always wondered what might have happened if you and I hadn't met. if I met before, before you ever got married. I can guarantee you that is not the voice of God. It is the enemy trying to throw a hand grenade into your home and blow up your marriage and knock you off your wall and compromise your integrity. This is why you need the power of the Holy Spirit to discern voices. Nehemiah discerns the devil is speaking through Shemaiah. In fact, it just reminds me right now, even you remember when Peter said, Peter, Peter goes to Jesus, he goes, you don't have to die, Lord. We don't have to go to Jerusalem. And Jesus turns around and says, get behind me, Peter. No, get behind me who? Satan. The enemy can actually speak to people who are close to you. But Nehemiah says, verse 11, should a man like me run away? Or should someone like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. No, 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 no. I realized that God had not sent him, but that he had prophesied against me because Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. He's on their payroll, man. He'd been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this, and then they would give me a bad name to what? To discredit me. That's what the enemy wants to do to your life. Destroy, distract, discredit you, and bring shame to the name of Jesus. And can I just say, like, in the the church capital C today, the devil's having a field day right now. Dividing churches, destroying leaders, knocking them off the wall. Bill Hybels, Carl Lentz, Robbie Zacharias. It's like an epidemic and it's sickening, isn't it? It's like like normal now. That's my fear. It just gets normal. A Christian leader attempts great things for God, but abuses his power or compromises with sexual sin or gives into greed or mishandles money. And guess what? We forget about them, but Jesus gets another black eye. Years of, of work vanish in an instant and the credibility of Christians with non-believers sinks even lower. To me, guys, this is why Nehemiah is one of my role models for leadership. He's got a spine of steel and from his purse on the wall he says, no, I ain't coming down and no, I ain't giving up. There's no quitting me. I came here to finish this job and we're going to stay till it's done with integrity. I, God called me to the mission and I ain't giving up. Can you say that? about the people God's called you to fight for? I am not giving up on this marriage. I am not giving up on my kids. I'm not giving up on my business. I ain't coming down. I ain't giving up because there ain't no quit in me. Somebody better give God a praise right now. T, come on. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ to the dead lives in you. And Satan couldn't keep Jesus down and he can't keep you down. I'm going to stay on this wall and I'm going to fight to the finish. And when it's over, God's going to get the glory. Amen? Look what happens, end of our story, verse 15. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul, which is October to you and me. In how many days, church? Say it, 52 days. You can't get a roofing guy to call you back in 52 days in New Jersey, man. And look at the, look at the impact. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence. Why? Because they realized that this work had been done by Nehemiah alone, and he was awesome. No. They realized that this work had been done, let's say it together, with the help of our God. Friends, I don't know what God has called you to do in this season of your life, or who you're fighting for, or what you're trying to rebuild. It it may be big, and it it may take a lot longer than 52 days, but it may seem impossible to you, but I want to remind you, nothing is impossible with the help of your God. Amen? No thing, nothing is impossible with the help of your God. By the strength of the Spirit, Nehemiah fought to the finish. And some scholars say it would have taken probably years or decades. He finished in 52 days with the help of his God. Can I ask, what's God calling you to finish? You may be like, Tim, I'm just at the beginning, or I'm in the messy middle. Maybe you just completed college, and you're like, I have no idea what's next. Or maybe you're newly single, and and you're like, I... I don't know, how do I, how do I rebuild my life? Or maybe you're like, I just, I just turned 59, I'm out of work. How, how, will I, how do I rebuild a career? Wherever you're in the process, I believe Nehemiah is saying to you today, no matter how long it takes or how hard it gets, you fight. Fight to the finish because it's worth it. Friends, if you are a follower of Christ, I want to remind you, God hasn't saved you from hell to live a polite life. He hasn't saved you from hell to live a powerless life. He saved you for a purpose. And that's to partner with his son, Jesus, to fix a broken world in his name. Amen? That's the purpose of your life. So never forget you're not alone. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you. And if you'll start the work, God will give you the strength to finish a job. Amen? Let's fight to the finish, Liquid Church. Let's draw on our Father's strength right now in prayer. Pray with me. Would you, Father? I pray right now. I know there are people, God. I feel it your word going right to their heart, into their souls, strengthening them. Father, there's men and women who are tired and they were thinking about throwing in the towel today. But God, you sent your word out to revive them, to remind them they've been created by you fearfully and wonderfully, made on purpose and called for a great purpose in their life. And so Father, right now, we just lift up right now the battles we're facing to you. Just lift them up to God. Just tell God, Lord, strengthen my hands. Ask the Lord to strengthen your hands. Strengthen my hands, God, for, just say it. What is it? Strengthen my hands. Strengthen our families, Jesus. I pray you'd strengthen this church. In the name of Jesus, we come against the enemy who wants to steal, kill, destroy, distract from fulfilling your purpose. Father, give us a soft heart, tough knees, focus, commitment, and a spirit of holy tenacity for this great work you're calling us to. Jesus, you are faithful and we will meet you at the finish line and give all the glory to you. It's in his name we said, everyone, amen. Amen. Well, listen guys, um, here at Liquid, one of the ways we practically draw on the strength of Christ is by receiving communion uh, in every series. Uh, Communion, or some call it the Eucharist, some call it the Lord's Supper. It's been really a, a source of spiritual strength for Christ followers for thousands of years. And so at our live locations. We gave you a cup on the way in. Do you have that? You can pull that on out. If you're online, you can just use crackers and juice and and you can take that out right now. And every time we take communion, what we're doing is we're remembering where our strength comes from. (laughs) We remember what Jesus did to complete his work on the wall or the cross. Think about that. Jesus was doing a, a great work. He was doing the ultimate work for his father in heaven. And Jesus was mocked and he was taunted by the enemy, but out of great love. He set his face like flint to Jerusalem, walked through those walls and sacrificed his life on a cross for your sins. Not to build a wall, but to tear down the wall separating you from God. And so if you will put your trust in Jesus and his, his sacrificial death on a cross, that's what pays for your sins. It means, Jesus, you know what he said when he was done on the cross? It's finished. The job's done. I paid your debt. You're forgiven. No guilt remains. If you'll put your faith in his resurrection, That shows he has power over Satan, sin, and death. Anyone who puts their calls in the name of the Lord, puts their trust in Jesus Christ, you will be saved by his blood. You will receive eternal life, and he'll fill you with his spirit to give you strength for life on earth. So as we hold the elements right now, this is just a chance for you to talk to God. Ask him for a fresh filling, supernatural strength from your Savior. So before we partake, let's just take a moment for silent prayer. Talk to Jesus, confess any... Any known sins, ask him to cleanse and forgive you. Strengthen your hands. Do business with God in your heart, and then we'll partake together. Who are we, God, that you would love us so lavishly? that when we were not interested and apathetic and at odds with you, you would reach down and out of love and grace, send your son, Jesus. Jesus, we, we bless you. We praise you. Thank you for your body that was broken for us, for your blood that was shed and cleanses us from all sin so that we can be adopted into your forever family. We receive these with grateful hearts and we ask you to renew us. In Jesus' name, amen. You can take the cup and the cracker the night he was betrayed, Jesus said, this bread is my body broken for you. And this cup represents my blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. thanks for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.